got stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Myths, tarot, love. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and witchy wisdom. I'm your host, Biddy Diana. Welcome back, everybody. I hope that you were able to move through last week easily and effortlessly. To be honest, the past week, starting last Friday, um, when the episode dropped, has actually been a little rough for me um, in the movement and pain department. So I absolutely did my best to move with intention and in a way that was good for my body, just like the Knight of Wands um, when I was able to. So before we move into today's show, I want to remind everyone about our upcoming 100th episode live stream event that will be taking place on Friday, November the 24th at 7 p.m. EST, that's Eastern Standard Time, on my YouTube channel, Biddy Diana. Our dearest Rose will be there with me answering your questions and playing the Myth Tarot Love theme song live, so be sure to check it out. Today we are continuing to move through the court cards, and I'll be talking about the next set, which is the Queen's. So far, we have been rooting and learning with the pages and moving with the knights, and now we will be cultivating with the queens. So I want to flip the content of today's show um, because I normally have been talking about the cards and then about the myths, but with this topic, I think it would actually be helpful to do the opposite and talk about the etymology of the word cultivate and some myths and practices surrounding that, um, and then talk about the cards themselves. So the Oxford English Dictionary defines the word cultivate in two ways. The first is to prepare and use land for crops or gardening. And the second definition, and one that I think is more closely tied to the Queen's, Um, is to try and acquire or develop a quality, a sentiment, or a skill. So this is what cultivate means now, Um, but where did the word come from? So its roots are in Latin, um, cultus, meaning care, labor, cultivation. Um, And this is from a verb, the past participle, colare, which again is to cultivate till inhabit, frequent, tend, guard, and practice. So I think this is interesting that the origins of the word, um, you know, also has that dual meaning of tilling and, you know, tending and growing and that labor, um, but also about practicing something and caring for something. Cultivation in the ancient world and really in all kinds, cultures since the agricultural revolution has been instrumental in our survival as a species. I think today we are a bit divorced from that aspect of life since most of us get food from a grocery store and don't grow everything that we eat ourselves, right? So what did the ancient Greeks and Romans eat and grow? So the big three, as they are referred to, um, were grains, olives, and grapes. 
which were used for wine. Olive trees were important not just for the production of the fruit themselves, right, the olive, but for olive oil, which was a huge staple for them. Not only did they use it for cooking, but it was also used on their bodies um, as well as fuel for their lamps. So for their oil lamps, that is what they would put in there. I think we can also see the importance of this crop in the myth of how Athens chose its patron deity. So the story goes that Athena and Poseidon were competing to be the patron of this city or polis, and they each gave a gift for the citizens um, to choose from. So Athena gifted them with a sacred olive tree and Poseidon used his trident to open up a spring of water on the Acropolis. Unfortunately, the water that came out was salt water and not very usable. So the Athenians honored Athena um, and her gift, which is where they got their name for their city from. The gods most connected to agriculture and cultivation are Demeter and Mars. So the rough equivalent of Demeter, who was a Greek goddess, um, for the Roman side is Ceres, which is in fact where we get the word cereal. All connected, right? Now, Mars is an interesting one for the Romans, or I think it is, um, because he is both the god of war and agriculture, which are two very different things. Um, but what connects them is that they both bring honor to male Roman citizens. Um, that is right, being a successful farmer or a military man. So if learning about agriculture is interesting to you, there are many writings from this time that explore how and what they grew in more detail. Um, one example of this is Cato the Elder with his De Agricultura, um, which kind of also segues <laughs> into my next thought, um, which is how do we know what they cultivated and grew? So written records uh, is one way. So like what I just mentioned, um, but we also see it in art as well as evidence in the archaeological record. So when, yeah, archaeologists um, dig up various things, right? Pottery and ah, everything. <laughs> One of the things that they can also find is food remains. Um, and that's where archaeobotanists can look at, right, these food remains, specifically, right, seeds and these grains under a microscope and find out, you know, exactly what they were eating and how much of it. Um, this is obviously, right, agriculture in general is a massive topic that I have pared down to the basics. Um, but again, I do kind of really like this word cultivate um, as a metaphor for ourselves, right? And it's the idea that we can tend to and put our energy into what we are growing and what we want to bring forth in our lives. 
Now that we have that foundation, we can talk about the cards themselves. So the tarot cards, right? So what I want to start with is my favorite card in all of tarot. This might change one day, but as of today, this is my favorite, and that is the Queen of Wands, um, which is all about cultivating magic and creativity and owning it, owning that magic. So this is an invitation to come back home to your magic and honing in that inner spark. So when it comes up in a reading, it's asking us to draw attention to where we can bring our special and unique skills to in our lives. It reminds us that we all, no matter you know our gender or sexual orientation, have what we need inside of ourselves to make magic happen. I often think of a cauldron when this card comes up and the wand is like a big ladle stirring up all of the ingredients. So can we cultivate then the ingredients that we need and that we have gathered in the other wand cards um, to create something new? Reversed, we might be feeling um, like this isn't for us, right? Or that we're not worthy or cool enough <laughs> to do it. Um, or that we might not have, you know, enough trust in ourselves. But this card is saying that, you know, you can and you do. And I think that flows really nicely into the next card, which is the Queen of Swords. She is or say this card, right, is just so powerful, I feel, um, sitting on the throne with their sword. So they're all about cultivating boundaries and balance and getting clear about their truth. So the figure here, again, is, I see it as kind of the embodiment of strength and determination and truth. They are the personification of good and healthy boundaries, and they help us to cultivate the courage to disappoint people. They take no BS from anyone. This card can also help us to get clear about our truth um, so that we can cut out what isn't in our highest and best good. Reversed, uh, we may be feeling a little bit scared to create or to enforce those boundaries, but know that, again, they are in our highest and best to do so. Alternatively, it could be an indication that we have been doing a good job of setting our boundaries and we can kind of move forward from there. Next, we have the Queen of Pentacles, which is another very lovely card all about self-tending, deep healing, and like enriching and nourishing and restoring ourselves. And I definitely see this as being very tied to the earth again. So this card asks us to cultivate a connection with our body in order to meet its needs. So that's where this, you know, self-tending and deep body healing is possible, but it takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. 
So by cultivating a practice of nourishment and restoration, um, we will be able to hold space for our needs. So this can be done by sitting quietly and doing a body scan and asking our bodies, what does it need from me right now? Now, what can I do in this moment? And this might be difficult at first, but over time and with practice, you'll be able to listen and maybe even predict what it needs. Reversed, it's thinking that maybe you don't need this practice or you don't know where to start. And by practice, right, that deep healing and self-tending and nurturing. And I think just bringing awareness to this is a good place to start. On the other hand, you may be, again, resisting. Um, so it might be helpful to think about why that might be. I spoke about the Queen of Cups quite extensively in the rest episode recently. Um, so I will briefly go over it again here, but I definitely recommend checking out that episode too. Um, but yeah, the Queen of Cups is the embodiment of cultivating rest and asks us that asks us to have that, you know, rest as a top priority. They're the person who is actively shattering the cups and is instead connecting to their body and providing space to heal and connect with their divinity. They are asking us to be a mermaid and to connect with the water nymphs and listen to the waves and put, you know, put our feet in the sand and just let go. Reversed, we may be a little bit too concerned with either capitalism or material things instead of centering our health and well-being. So don't cause a shipwreck, <laughs> just be sure to rest. So I think that is a great spot for us to end today. That's a bit of a shorter episode. But I want to thank you all so much for listening. As always, I feel so lucky and privileged to even have one person listening to this. So thank you so much. Next week, I will be talking about the Kings and I cannot wait. But for today, here are some words from the wonderful poet Sappho. And this comes from two fragments of poetry, um, number 105A and C, that is translated by Anita George. You, an Achilles apple, blushing sweet on a high branch at the tip of the tallest tree. You escaped those who would pluck your fruit. Not that they didn't try, no, they could not forget you, poised beyond their reach. O oh, my mountain hyacinth, what shepherds trod upon you with clumsy rustic foot. Now you are a broken seal, a scarlet upon the earth. Stories, cards, and symbols 